Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to Growing Woman. I am your host, Christina Singh, and this show is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. And man, oh man, am I excited for this week's episode. I sat down with Beth Manosbricky. She is the founder of the wildly successful blog, Tasty Yummies, and we just had a wonderful conversation around food, finding freedom with food, honoring the sacred self, honoring individuality, her growth and how she grew and how she was supported. Uh, Just so many beautiful things in this episode. Beth is a certified functional nutritional therapy practitioner. She's a level two restorative wellness practitioner, a yoga instructor, and a mindfulness coach. There's so much good juicy information in this episode and Beth is beautifully transparent and vulnerable about her journey and about her, uh, you know, combating diet culture, honoring what she is all about and really not uh, compromising with such toxic messaging that is always swirling around us when it comes to uh, wellness and health. And I just so appreciated her time and her energy on the show. I absolutely adore Beth's mission and her dedication to others. You can tell she is a learner, she loves to learn, and she just loves to teach others. So if you have not yet followed Beth, follow her at Beth Menosbricky and on Tasty Yummies on Instagram. She has beautiful content and she has beautiful recipes and this week on Instagram I will be testing some of her recipes and uh, chatting about food all week and I'm just so so excited to really honor this episode and honor the beautiful messages that are um, woven throughout this episode. Another exciting thing about this episode is that uh, we have our first partnership, our first sponsorship with uh, a beautiful person and a beautiful brand. And I am just so thrilled to be partnering um, with my dear friend, Stephanie Vershow on her program, The Joy Method. So in this episode, you will be hearing more about The Joy Method, and I cannot wait for you to hear more about it and to uh, see Stephanie's work in action. And I'm just so grateful for this partnership with her. It is uh, such an exciting thing for me and uh, such an exciting thing for her in her journey as well. So we're just really thrilled to be working together on this. And of course, there's a car in the background. Welcome to podcasting out of your home. Uh, Anyway, I love you all and I hope you enjoy this beautiful episode with Beth Manos Bricky. If you are so inclined, uh, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you're listening to this podcast that is so so helpful for the show and just remember your story matters your voice matters you matter thank you so much for listening i'm just so grateful you're here hi beth thank you so much for coming on growing woman i am so thrilled to have you here today hi christina thank you so much for having me i really appreciate you reaching out Oh my gosh, you, um, I want to be transparent up front, you and your communication style, you, you have one of the kindest communication styles I've ever encountered up top when I've approached people for this show. And so I want to thank you first and foremost for making me feel so comfortable in talking to you. Um, it makes connecting with people so much easier 
And so uh, thank you for that up top. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I know what it's like to be on either end of like reaching out to somebody that you don't know. So I try to be as cognizant of, of what it would feel like to be on the other side. So even though I'm not always quick and I miss a lot in my DMs, like I try really, really hard to think <laughs> about how it would feel to be on the receiving end. So I'm glad that you received that. So thank you. I appreciate that. And um, where are you located right now? Because you're always on a beach and you're <laughs> always like <laughs> going to beautiful locations. So for those who might not know where you are, where are you? <laughs> I am located in Southern California. I'm just South of Los Angeles in Long Beach, California, right on the ocean. Our house is like literally just over a half mile from the ocean. No big deal. (laughs) No big deal. I've earned it. I put my time in in upstate New York. (laughs) I know you have. So that is actually how I know about you because I lived in Buffalo, New York for about three and a half years, but I'm originally from Southern California. So Mm. we kind of like swapped Um, and I moved to Buffalo. um, And when I was living in Buffalo, I uh, discovered your blog and your page and your yoga practice. Mm. And that is how I first uh, found out who you were. And, um, from then I've come to know that a lot of people in Buffalo know you and a lot of people that I know know you. And I, um, I love your page. I love your mission. I love the beauty of your content. And what I love above all is that your mission in, on your page, it says quite explicitly, you're honoring, um, the sacred self and nourishing individuality. Can you talk about what that means to you and why you have that so explicitly on your content? Yeah. Um, I love that question. It's such a really great place to start. And I love the connection to Buffalo. Buffalo is such a, like, I don't know if it's a small, big city or a big, small city. I don't know which way to put it, but like, it's amazing how you're always like not even one degree, like a half a degree away from everybody. Um, And you're always connected. And it's one of the things I miss most about it, because even if you've never met someone and you show up at an event or a party, you can talk for like five minutes and find a connection. And then it's like, you know, people grow up there, they stay there, they have roots there. And when you get to talking to people, it's like, even if you've never met them and know nothing about them, you can know so much about them through those connections of people there. And I just love it. I miss that so much. It's one of my favorite places. It's one of the best places on earth. Like, and I had never been there. I moved there, didn't know anyone. And I, it is one of my, like people, think of Buffalo and there's so much that comes to mind that might not be uh, very positive because of yeah. weather. Um, but the people are the best people you'll ever meet. They're yeah. amazing. But anyway, yeah. to, to, sorry to diverge on my no, love of Buffalo. But yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. What, what about honoring the sacred self and nourishing individuality? Like is so prominent in your life yeah. and your work. Yeah. So I started my website. I started tasty yummies in 2010 And I started it, you know, like so many people did at the time. It was just like your classic blog. It was just me sharing my experiences, sharing my story, sharing my journey, especially most specifically my health and wellness journey and my journey with food. And at the time I had been dealing with so much in my health and just also deeply rooted as a woman in her, how old was I then? Right around, I was just in my start of my thirties, um, so much diet culture, so much wrapped up in our relationship with food and our bodies. And so for me, I knew out of the gate and it's interesting for me to look back on now, 11 years later at how 
I don't want to say this like toot toot of my own horn, but it is something that I actually am quite proud of because there's a lot of things I've gotten wrong and done wrong and said wrong and, and not figured out quickly enough, but always, 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 I wanted that place to be an extension of me, but to feel open and welcoming to anyone who landed there. And what I mean by that is that because there's so much wrapped up in food and diet and diet culture and restrictive eating and eliminations and food allergies, yeah. I right out of the gate, by that time, I'd already discovered I had a severe gluten intolerance and an autoimmune disease. And I didn't want it to be the gluten-free website. Right. <laughs> and I will tell you, it hurt me greatly to not narrow in my focus and to just say, this is a website with gluten-free recipes. This is a website for people with autoimmune conditions. This is a website for people, you know, part of my story and part of my journey is a weight loss journey. And mm -hmm. I never wanted it to be this thing that was like, you are either this or this isn't for you. I wanted right. it to feel like an open and welcoming home and community for anyone who landed there. And while there were things that I know wouldn't speak to some people, I was always hopeful and, and working towards, making it so that people felt like they could see a part of them in my story, part of themselves in my story. And because people are even then and, and, and now more than ever, so dogmatic in their eating, so dogmatic in their food rules, so attached to labels. I've always known this. And I've, I, again, I don't know how I knew this about myself and I was ahead of my time in this way, but I was like, I'm not a gluten-free person, right? <laughs> I'm not a, you know, autoimmune disease. I am not somebody who at times I've followed a paleo paradigm. I've followed, you know, what people would consider to be a real food. I've done detoxes. I've done cleanses. I've eaten keto and I've always thought to myself one, this may not be forever. So I am not calling myself. I am this. Um, yeah. and two, what's right for me, isn't right for you. And so something I always tell the folks I work with is I don't care how you eat. I care that you care how you eat. And I'm here to make that journey of feeling, uh, inspired to get in the kitchen, inspired and empowered to be your own advocate with your health, uh, to feel empowered, to have the confidence to explore, even if you don't get it right. But the most important thing I always wanted people to know is that what's right for you isn't right for me and vice versa. And I can't give you a template of how to live your life because it would be disingenuous of how right. I operate. So for me, honoring the sacred self and, you know, to pull it back around and nourishing your individuality is that I just always wanted people to know that I'd be a millionaire if I had an answer of how everybody should eat and live and move their bodies right now, but that's just not how it works. And so just encouraging people to feel strong enough to clarify what that is for them and be okay with making mistakes along the way is just something that's been top of importance for me from yeah. day one. I think that is so refreshing. Um, and I love that you're honest about the fact that if you did go down just a gluten-free track, that would have possibly been damaging for you, or it was damaging for you in, in terms of growing mm -hmm. um, your platform. And something that I think is very freeing in the conversations that we're now having. And I do definitely think you're ahead of the, your time in them because um, not a lot of people are comfortable with that freedom in food. Like they want to find that structure they want yeah. to find the answer to help um, them find balance. But I think the answer is all of the things you, know, mm -hmm. you have to dabble and try all of the things. So yeah. when you were first starting out, what was like your, I'm sure there was a lot of fear around putting yourself out there in this way. Yeah. I mean, you were experimenting with your body, this sacred vessel and 
you had come to learn these things about yourself. So what was like the first step you took to creating your blog and, and like, what did that feel like for you putting yourself out there in that way? Yeah. Oh gosh. It feels like a lifetime ago in so many ways. So I have to kind of think about like, for me, the first step was, I'll take it all the way back to like what even made me decide to go down this road. And so like most women, (laughs) much of my life and much of my time with food and eating and even my body was always centered around how it wasn't good enough, how I wasn't how I needed to be smaller, how I needed to be better, what I needed to fix. And so even when I, I, I tricked myself or lied to myself, I was doing something in, in the direction of my health and my wellness. I look back now and I'm like, I still was doing it to lose weight. I was still doing it to be better, to be smaller, to be more acceptable by societal beauty standards. Like I was lying to myself. I was lying to myself that, you know, and so what happened was my 30th birthday, this is, now I'm going to date myself, but I don't care. I'm proud of how old I am. Uh, In 2009 was my uh, 30th birthday. My husband threw me a surprise party. Everybody was there. It was like, just so incredible. It was like one of the most amazing days of my life, just because he pulled it off and just people flew in. It was just really, really magical, really, really intimate. And the next day when I started looking at the photos, cause you know, we didn't, people weren't taking photos on their phone and putting them on Instagram at that time. You know, people were taking digital photos. The next day I was going through photos and people were sending me stuff. And all I could do is pick apart my body. All I could do was look at my body and say, wow, I can't believe you're 30 and you quote unquote, let yourself go. Like I just, the the shit that I talked to myself, sorry, am I allowed to swear? Oh, you are. It's so (laughs) funny. Everyone asks that. And I'm like, you can swear as much as you want on this show. Go ahead. (laughs) Really hard for me to not swear. Me too. Um, So the shit I was talking to my body was unreal. And so I'm going to be really honest. And I've been very forthcoming about this in my story. I also kind of realized like, Hey, you let yourself go. And I was talking very physically and very vainly about my, my, my outside body. But I also kind of finally, for the first time in my life was just like, I also don't feel that great. I have no, and like, if this is all I kept thinking was, if this is what 30 feels and looks like, what's 40 going to be like, what's 50 going to be like, but I'm very, very honest about like, it really very much started from like, I didn't like how I looked and I was ready Mm. to change that. Um, and so I did another, like, okay, I'm going to do a, you know, 30 day, uh, elimination detox cleanse, you know, uh, pro- you know, elimination provocation type protocol, cut out all the big things. Um, I was already hundred percent gluten-free at that point. And I did that. And I did it with like, I want to change how my body looks. And I don't think I like how I feel, but like, what is there more? Is there better? Is this all there is? Right. And I did that. And <laughs> in 30 days, I was like, whoa, I've been tolerating and normalizing and accepting so much crap and how horrible I felt like from top to bottom, from excessive chronic migraines to, you know, chronic acne to my cycles being off to day in and day out, stomach aches, bloating, gas, digestive dysfunction. I mean, you name it. And I was dealing with it, but I was so hyper-focused on how I look. I couldn't Mm. even see the forest through the tree. Like I couldn't even give myself the space to recognize and honor that. So this path I took that was very much rooted in diet culture at the start 
gave me this look into myself, into my body and the things I was tolerating just because I was so busy worrying about my appearance that it kind of sparked something for me where I was like, the things I put in my body, one are a direct reflection of how I respect my body and how I love my body. And I have an opportunity to show my body love through the things I nourish it with. But also I have just allowed so much bullshit <laughs> and I've normalized and tolerated so much bullshit. And that led to a lot of unpacking of self-worth and you know, just what are we allowing ourselves to tolerate? So this is a very long way to get to answer your question. No. But in doing all of that, I also kind of rekindled my relationship with food in a very positive way. Instead of looking at what can I take out? And there was some of that, to be fair. I, I had a lot going on with my health at the time. And this was prior to a second autoimmune diagnosis. And so mm -hmm. there was definitely a lot of like, wow, this particular food makes me feel this way and it's not working for me right now but it also rekindled my love of like, what are all the things I can eat? What can I do with food that feels like a celebration that feels like I'm excited and inspired and I'm creative and creating yeah. in the kitchen. And so Tasty Yummies was born out of like, I want to share with all of you what I'm learning about food. You know, I was watching the documentaries and reading about factory farmed meats and learning about how, you know, processed foods impact your body when you have autoimmune conditions and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I wanted to teach people what I was learning and share my experiences, but I even more than that wanted to say like, here's all the amazing things I'm eating. Right. Like, yeah, I, I, in that time. And, and again, I try to be cautious of how I speak of these things, but I lost a significant amount of body weight in that time. And it was a time where we, people celebrated and said, wow, right. Beth, what did you do? Right. I don't get it. Like, tell me the quick fix, easy button of losing weight. And I just wanted people to see, like, I was eating more than I ever had. I was eating more diverse food than I ever had and more delicious food than I ever had. So I wasn't dieting. I was just learning how to nourish my body in a new way. Right. So it was built out of that. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And you are honoring yourself. You yeah. figured out the way to honor yourself as an individual. And I think through everything you're saying, I know so many people out there can connect with this. And I also think that's really hard to do. Um, we're surrounded by this weird um, cocktail of diet culture and over saturation of eat everything in sight and like mm -hmm. binge everything. Um, and I find that to be really difficult for me to understand the balance out there for myself sometimes. So mm -hmm. I can only imagine how for you, that was very, um, you know, you're looking at your health and that must've been such a wake up call for you mm -hmm. uh, around feeling all of those things. And I think it makes sense to me what you're saying that this would flow out of you naturally. And that these conversations that you're having with yourself, you want to share with others you, and, and the food you make is really good. <laughs> the, the stuff you make is really delicious. Um, and I'm curious, what were, what was the reaction once you started posting online? Um, did your following grow right away or did you, um, kind of, did it like kind of snowball and, and what were people's reactions to this, um, this project and this movement that you are building right now? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because again, it was such a different time, right? <laughs> there was no Instagram. Even when I started my website, there wasn't, you know, Facebook and Facebook groups and Facebook pages. So the community existed in the comments section of my recipes, but 
I never had a website that like I turned it on. It was always a hobby. I had a full career outside of all of this. And this was just the thing I did sometimes. And so it was very slow. Um, again, because I wasn't marketing it as this is the gluten-free website with gluten-free recipes, which had I done that in 2010, it probably, like, I know people that did that in 2010 and their careers exploded. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't want to be a gluten-free blogger. Um, and so it was slow. It was slow moving. It was like, you know, a couple months would go by and someone would comment. I'm like, oh, it's someone who's not my mom or a family member or a friend. Like, who are they? How did they find me? And it just kind of grew. I, I am very proud that it grew organically and it grew in a, in a way that was like manageable for me because I never wanted to be a blogger or an influencer. Um, I never wanted any of this originally. I mean, I love how my life has evolved, but like this was always supposed to be a thing I did on the side because I had a career I loved that brought me so much joy and passion. And so at the time there wasn't social media. The reactions were always very much like, thanks for sharing your story. I love getting to know you. You know, people were really excited to hear from somebody and again, at the time in 2010, there weren't a lot of people talking about, Hey, here's how food impacts your health. Here's what it's like to live with an autoimmune condition. Here's what it's like to eat gluten-free that doesn't, you know, at the time we didn't have just like aisles of gluten-free food. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I went gluten-free in 2005. It was like soy flour and rice flour and like, <laughs> yeah. sorry about your luck. Um, yeah. so it, people were very grateful. They were very, you know, excited. Um, but yeah, I think as it's evolved into like having multiple platforms and even me as a person, I've evolved so much. Uh, yeah. It's been cool to like, even now, 11 years in, I'll get on a, a call with a potential nutrition client and they'll be like, oh, I've been following you since you lived in Buffalo or I've been following you for 10 years. And my little brain is like, like, right. that's insane. Like, it's so insane to me. Yeah. And I forget that it's been that long. So, yeah, I mean, I have like, I, when I lived in, I lived in Buffalo in, I moved there in 2010 and I yeah. think I found you in like 2011 and so I, yeah. And it, it is wild. And it's, it's been cool to see your journey. Um, you know, obviously on like the periphery of being like, oh, wow. Like this person has invested so much time into themselves. And, uh, when did you transition? I, I mean, do you still have your um, your career um, that you were mentioning before? I believe it's graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and when did you transition to kind of taking this venture more full time? And was that scary? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we had our studio, our graphic design studio, we started it in Buffalo. I think we kind of officially started it in 2005. Um, I think I'm going to make sure I get my timelines, right. I believe that's kind of when we first, I left my career in, um, uh, commercial advertising where I was working as an art director and creative director, uh, to move over to working with my, at the time, boyfriend, (laughs) then fiance, (laughs) now husband. Um, He had a small graphic design studio. I kind of jumped ship, joined him. We joined forces. And from about 2005 till, um, well, so in 2010, I started Tasty Yummies and it was a hobby. And it was incredibly difficult because I was trying to take food photos in Buffalo in the winter, in the evening hours, like (laughs) don't eat that food. I haven't taken a photo of it. I would spend my weekends when I wasn't working, taking photos for the website. Um, and so it was kind of happening on the sidelines and it, I didn't make a single dollar for probably the first four 
years Mm -hmm. of tasty yummies. It was a hobby. And, um, at some point we moved to California in 2013, at some point when we still lived in New York. So it must've been, I would say probably 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. Uh, I recall my husband saying like, (laughs) what's the plan here? Cause you're spending an incredible amount of money on food. You're spending a ton of time and energy and resources, shooting photos, what's your game plan? How are you going to make money doing this? He's always like the very like practical, like yeah, cool. Mine is you, the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you love this now monetize it. And I was like, I'll never forget. I was in his office and I just started sobbing. I was like, it's going to ruin it. I don't want to make money. My goal has never been to make this about money. It was only about sharing my love and all those things that I previously mentioned. And he was so practical and he was just like, you can do that and make money. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want people to not trust me. I want this to be authentically me for all of the reasons that it is. And that was the end of that conversation. (laughs) And then I kept doing what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like waterworks, like no, and just went back to what I was doing. And then we moved out to California in 2013. We were still full-time with the graphic design studio. We were doing, uh, you know, working in the music industry primarily and traveling and doing um, events and music festivals and art festivals and hand silkscreen printing all of our own stuff and selling our own products and still working with uh, clients. And I'll be honest, I just wasn't present because this tasty yummies and the work I was doing just, it took over my heart. It was just, Mm. it, it was like pulling me in. And it's really wild for me to say that because I loved my graphic design career, my creative career so much. And, um, cost of living in Southern California, as you know, cause you've lived both places. I believe our cost of living went up t- times five the minute we landed here, it just across the board, we were paying five times as much with what we were spending in yep. California or in New York, excuse me. So my husband was brought it up again. It was like, what's the game plan here? At that point, my traffic had just, I had a few posts. It was so much easier then that kind of went viral. So my, my traffic shot up. Um, I had brands reaching out to me and then it was like, I kind of got to a, what I call is a shitter get off the pot moment of like, yeah. what's the game plan here? Because he's not wrong. (laughs) If I love this, I can monetize it. What, where am I going with all of this? And so it wasn't like a, I'm stopping our graphic design career and I'm doing this full time. It was, I'm going to give it some time. If I put more energy and effort into earning money on this thing that I'm doing on the side, what does that look like? How quickly does it grow? What does it feel like? How does it feel emotionally? Um, and we just were like, we'll just see. And it was hard because I felt like I was leaving him behind. It was, Mm. it was scary because I, you know, so much of our relationship was built around this business that we cultivated together and we traveled the world doing, it felt like I was abandoning him and it felt like I made a promise to him that I was no longer keeping, but you know, it's as cliche as it sounds, the heart wants what the heart wants. And it just, yeah, I had to dive in and it was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think what's also so interesting, just hearing you say that to me is he's the one who told you to do it. (laughs) Like he's the one who was your cheerleader. He's the person who was like, Hey, what's happening here. And I think when we are terrified of something, it's kind of like you're falling down and catching things along the way. Yeah. Like, but wait, what about ABCD, you know? And so what did that feel like when you uh, entered into this space and you started making money from this? How did that come about? Because I know that there are so many women listening who are in that space, who are transitioning into monetizing something that their heart 
is calling them to do. Yeah. So what did that, what did that feel like? And what did that look like for you? Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. It like most things evolved and it was a lot of trial and error. You know, it first started with me being like, all I have to do is turn on like Google AdSense because <laughs> that's all I knew. And yeah. I would make like $150 in one month. And I'm like, oh, wow, I made $150. <laughs> and then I was like, then my business mind started to kick in. I'm like, cool. What the hell are you going to do with $150 in Southern California? Not a whole lot. So again, what's the game plan here? So at that time, a lot of brands were reaching out to me for partnerships and, you know, um, basically sponsored work where I would take their product and create recipes and, you know, feature their product and essentially become like a brand ambassador of sorts. Um, and I had no idea how to price any of that. I, I just was like, I was moving in a way that I was like, I'll I'll ask them for this and see what they say. And it was like, just like anything in business. I was like, if they fly at it and they take the bite or bite the bait, I guess, then maybe that means I need to increase my pricing. Mm. Friends, I am so excited to share that this episode is sponsored by The Joy Method. Listen, this past year and a half has been absolutely insane. All of us have collectively changed and sometimes it's hard to even know how to process it all. So my question for you today is, have you realized something has shifted during this pandemic for you? Are you ready to commit yourself to something new, but you just don't know where to start or how to start? Maybe you have new goals now, new dreams, new desires that have come up over the past year and a half, and you just need more support to figure it all out. Well, my loves, that is where the Joy Method comes in. The Joy Method is a nine-week transformational program created by my dear friend, Stephanie Verschel. Stephanie is a two-time guest of this show, and she has developed this program after she went through her own deep transformational process. This program is all about taking a deep dive into what's holding you back and how you can finally unblock what's in your way to achieve your happiness and your goals. I personally went through this program and it changed my perspective on so much about what I value in my life and how my energy changes when I work towards something that I love. Listen, being afraid of your potential is just not on the table for us anymore. It's time to make those dreams a reality. Are you ready to finally unblock what's in your way? Are you ready to find your joy? Then the joy method is perfect for you. So how can you sign up? Head to stephanieverschow.com slash the joy method to register for the next round starting on July 21st. When you register, make sure you list growing woman in the registration forum as how you found her program. Now is the time friends. Make the choice for yourself. You deserve it. Also, I want to mention Stephanie is offering payment plans so no one is left behind. It's absolutely amazing. Head to stephanieverschow.com slash the joy method and register for the next round. Also, if you're not quite sure yet, if you want to join or be a part of the joy method, get to know Stephanie a bit more on her Instagram. She's all about authentic connection and she'll be talking much more about the program there at Stephanie Vershow on Instagram. If you do sign up, just make sure to let her know I sent you. Cheers to your joy, my friend. Now back to the show. I never liked that part of this job in terms of like negotiating and pricing and contracts. And like, it's always been a part of this work that I, I hated. It's also what I hated about doing the grant. Like 
I'm creative. I love what I love. I want to share what I love. And I want to do that work. I do not want to write contracts and send invoices. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I have to be really transparent and share that. um, I think it was maybe again, I can't, I'm not quite clear on the years, but it was somewhere around 2014, 2015 that I was approached by a, um, management team in Los Angeles who I knew through the food blogging world and just through um, culinary, uh, that that whole space. I knew them from events and different things that I'd been a part of in Los Angeles. And they reached out to me and said, hey, we're starting essentially like a talent management Mm. uh, business to manage folks like yourself to take literally the things I hated about my business to take it off my plate and to negotiate for me and to reach out to brands for me or when brands came to me to take over that part of the conversation so that I could still be me and talk to them about what I loved about their products. And then I could do the damn thing. And that was just a game changer in that when they were like, oh yeah, this is how much we're asking for. I remember nearly falling out of my chair the first time they were like, this is kind of the going rate for that. I was like, holy cow. I have been completely undervaluing myself. Yeah like, duh, when you go back over my story, like, of course I was undervaluing myself. Of course I didn't see my worth. Of course I was just like trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, that's such a thing that, yeah. Like as women, it's really hard to ask for what we're worth. And Mm -hmm. I, um, had a past guest of the show. Um, she sent a proposal to someone, um, who was a female ally to her and, she, that person sent a proposal that somebody else had sent, um, with, for the same work and said, look at how much this person is charging. It's quadruple your rate. You need to charge more. And, um, good for her that she had someone to do that for her 100%. And she just said her jaw hit the floor. She was like, Oh my gosh. And I think it's really hard to know what you're worth when you don't necessarily have somebody advocating for you. So Mm -hmm. what a beautiful way to advocate for yourself um, and how great that somebody approached you about that. And you could start understanding this next step in your journey. Um, I think there is... there is so much that goes into making money and monetizing your content. And it's really intimidating. Um, and there's nothing wrong with saying, Oh, I need help. Or I, I've got approached by somebody and now they're helping me figure this out. I think it's wonderful. Um, but it also brings up for me, female allyship, um, in your, in your line of work in, in so much of what we're talking about, this show um, is really geared towards women um, and mm-hmm. understanding women's voices and stories. Um, your work, I, I would assume the majority of your audience is women because mm-hmm. um, that's who I see on your page and commenting on your um, posts and things like that. Uh, where has female allyship shown up in your career and how important has that been for you in evolving your, um, your work? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, first thing that comes to mind is exactly what I was just speaking of. The uh, brand management team was all women owned, all women run. Um, They had come from the space of traditional print media and ad buying for food brands and food magazines and in the culinary world in that way. And they essentially you know, again, it was kind of uncharted, like influencers and blogging and all of this is, it's kind of just like, everybody says like, everybody knows what it is now. It's mainstay. Like it's so commonplace that like, you don't have to explain it to your aunt or your cousin or your grandparent. Like everybody understands it. Even then I would show up and be like, what do you do? I'm like, 
I'm a recipe developer and food, food blogger. And they're like, so you go to restaurants and review. And I'm like, Nope. Not 100% not like, yeah, you, you don't understand it. Cause it's not even a thing. And so right. I think for me, that was like the first step, you know, in, in a big way within my business where I saw that kind of allyship where these weren't, you know, I'm just going to be really brutal here. These weren't just like a bunch of white dudes in suits going, we can make money off of these. Yeah. It was other women going, these women are not valuing themselves and they're doing a whole bunch of work they shouldn't be doing because they're not doing the things that they do with their full 100% everything in them, right? Like I was split and so was, and spread thin. And so many of my peers were as well. And so, you know, that for me was a big part of it. And then from day one, you know, the food blogging space and recipe space, and even just health and wellness and nutrition it's a female dominated industry mm-hmm. for the most part, not just in, you know, the community and the consumers, but in the content creators and the people putting themselves out there. And, um, even though I tend to keep to myself in a lot of ways, it is just mostly because I'm always like head down and get the work done. Having folks along the way who do something similar to what I do or exactly what I do and befriending me and vice versa and reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, where can I support you or where are you struggling? I don't, I, not, I don't think I know without a shred of doubt in my being that I wouldn't be standing here today. If it wasn't for so many different women along the way who came to me and said, Hey, have you thought of this and vice versa that allowed me to give them some of my insight and some, you know, to be an open book for them to pick my brain. Um, and to just support each other. I still, every day of the week have some woman in my life who does something similar to me. And we have either a Voxer or a Marco Polo or a text audio thread of us just (laughs) being like, are you having a hard time with this? This is where I'm struggling. This was great. I'm celebrating this. Um, and for so many years, I just did this alone. And when I opened myself up to receiving that support, but also giving that support, it was like, it just changed everything for me. It just made it feel like I wasn't alone because doing work in online, it feels very lonely. Yes, absolutely. And I think I can feel it. And like how you're saying it, it feels supportive, supportive. And like you had that moment of, oh my gosh, (laughs) there's a group of people, there's a network. And you know, when you have that, especially when you're first starting out or when you're entering into a new phase of something, I think when you have that group of people you can turn to, to um, really be that like, uh, you know, guiding force along the way, or even just like throw things around with and say, what do you think about this idea? Or are you experiencing this in the same way? I know for me, that's been so powerful in my life and um, so powerful to have those like cheerleaders. And what I think you're also talking about is there's room for everyone. There's room for everyone to um, dive into their passion, even if it's the same passion as yours, you know, because exactly what you're saying, you're embracing your sacred self and your individuality. Mm -hmm. So now that you have had this um, long running, like new phase in your career and and this uh, monetization, what what has come out of that for you um, in this next iteration of your career? Because I know that you've gone into different certifications, you um, have done coaching, like what, what has snowballed out of these things for you? Yeah. So I think once again, it was, you know, because so much of what I built was built on my own story and built on my own journey and wanting to share that with people. Um, pretty early on, I was just like, I have no 
I'm an open book. I, I maybe share too much, but that's just who I am. <laughs> but I share my all of myself with people because again, that's how we feel connected. That's how we feel community. That's how we feel unalone. Um, but there got a point, there came a point, excuse me, where I was sharing so much of my own story, but I didn't feel like I had um, beyond just anecdotally any sort of credibility or I wanted more expertise. I wanted to speak with more just personally. I wanted to speak with more confidence. Like why was taking certain things out of my diet or adjusting my food in X, Y, and Z way? Why did that change how I feel? Because I wanted to not just tell people the, the, the how or, or the what I wanted to also share like, why, why I'm a, I'm a learner. I like to know everything. And I like to share the, the reasons why. And so I wanted to do that with a sense of, um, credibility. And again, from my perspective, I wanted more confidence. And so in 2015, well, 2014, I went through my, uh, 200 hour and then 500 hour yoga certification Mm -hmm. because that was such a crucial part of my own personal health journey. And again, it was never like, now I'm going to be a yoga teacher and I'm going to open a studio or even teach weekly. It was just like, this is so important to me. And it greatly changed my life. I want to share that with other people in whatever way that I can. And then in 2015, I was like, great. I love sharing recipes. I love talking about food. I love talking about how my health has improved and all the changes I've seen in my digestion and my gut health and my immune health and my blood sugar. But I want to talk more specifically about the how and the why. And um, so that's when I uh, decided to get my uh, functional nutritional therapy certification to be able to, uh, you know, share with other yeah. folks. And so my goal with that, I never, I, like, I'll never forget on the day that we introduced ourselves to each other in this, in the group. Uh, I was like, I don't want to see clients. I'm not trying to open a practice. I'm not trying to coach people. Like, that's not my goal here. I just want to gather more information to teach. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> stuff happened and I loved the teaching so much and people wanted to ask me questions and it just kind of evolved. And so in that time between, you know, when I started monetizing my website through ads and partnerships with brands, what I always struggled with in that was that I had a lot of boundaries and a lot of hard no's. I will not work with brands who do this. I will not talk about products like this. I would never take money from a product that I wouldn't willingly go to a store and grab off the shelf and buy because I believe in it. I'll never talk, you know, so I... (laughs) My poor managers and agents at the time, they'd be like, here's this. I'm like, nope, here's this. Nope. nope. I was just like, <laughs> there was way more no's than there were yeses. And that industry changed rapidly in probably the 2015 to now years. It was harder yeah. than ever. It became very saturated. And I do not have a scarcity mindset, but I also kept thinking about long term. What's my goal? Like, am I going to be 55 and food blogging and partnering with brands? Like how does this evolve into the next version of me and this website and this brand? And I just decided, like I said, to go get that certification and to see what came of it. And I just fell in love with clients and that's grown and I've gotten other certifications. And now, uh, I think in the last year I've maybe partnered with like one or two brands because <laughs> that's just not my focus anymore. Well, I um, love this so much. So yeah, I don't know. No, it's great. I, I love it so much because you're talking about an evolution. I mean, you you started out with a different career um, and then you started on this personal journey that became more. 
Um, and so I'm actually not surprised that you really enjoyed teaching because you started teaching what you had been learning. And uh, I'm not surprised that you embrace that because so much of the foundation of this shift in your life came from teaching yourself and that information you're gathering and then sharing it with others. And it seems like that just kind of happens over and over and over again in your journey. So it's really, really rad to see that come out of this kind of newer chapter. Um, And I think what resonates very deeply while I'm talking to you is your um, innate sense of helping others. It sounds like you have a very deep connection around helping other people and helping people understand who they are um, and and like experimenting and and having that knowledge. Um, Have you always been that way and like kind of information uh, absorbing and then like teaching other people or is this kind of with this particular journey? Yeah, it's definitely particular to this journey because, um, you know, I wasn't, you know, you, we all know those people. I have a sister like this where everybody goes to them for help. Like everybody's like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you give me some support advice? Like, I, I wasn't that person. I wasn't like, because I'm a big, and, and this is how I am even in the work that I do. If somebody asks me, um, I will give and give and give and give and probably more than I should give <laughs> to the detriment <laughs> of myself. Um, but I'm not somebody that walks up to someone and goes, do you want to know this? And do you want to know that? So until someone comes up to me and says, Hey, Beth, can I ask you something? So I, and I'll be honest, I also know this about myself and I'm, I feel like I have a lot of self-awareness here. I'm very intimidating to people. I know that about myself. So I am never been the person that people just come to and go, Beth, Beth, give me, give me, give me. Um, and so in so many areas of my life, if you would have told me a decade ago, this is what I would be doing. I would have been like, no way. Like I'm not the giver. I'm not the teacher. I'm not the helper. I'm just the like collect information, help yourself, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, figure it out, get it done, solve the the problem, figure out the solution and move on. Mm. And if someone asks you, oh my God, (laughs) I probably won't shut up. Do I have a lesson for you, friend? (laughs) (laughs) But um, so it's very interesting because it's not like this was who I always was, or I was like the little kid that was always, you know, like it's not, it's not, it's just evolved to this. I think a lot of it has to do with how my confidence has evolved in myself. Mm. I think a version, a past version of me had so little self-esteem and self-confidence that I didn't trust that I could to uh, show up for people in this way, or that I had enough information or that I was enough. So it's like, learning about how to teach yoga and doing it a little was like, Oh, this is really awesome. It's filling me up. I love watching how I can help people and support people. And to your point, which I I really appreciate you seeing this in me is that I don't like to say, here's what to do, do it. It's like, here's some things to consider. Now ask yourself a bunch of questions and let's together figure out what's going to be the right way for you, because that's how we learn. And that's how we trust ourselves to then move forward you know, diet culture wins because it's like, here's the parameters. Here's a bunch of control. Here's the rules. Do it until you don't do it. So you're either being good and following the rules or you're not. So sorry about your luck. You failed again. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, with, I I literally wrote down during our conversation, diet culture, because so much of what, um, you talk about, and, and I really appreciate your openness around combating diet culture and the transparency you have around how your journey started. And then just also the intention behind you launching your page. And, and now this like uh, fierce combating of diet culture, because I feel like 
this structure and rules and you have to eat A, B, and C in order to function in this way um, is so unbelievably damaging. We've all mm-hmm. seen it be so damaging to people in our lives. You are in a very particular market where that can be very damaging to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. How do you head on, like combat those things? Cause I see it on your page. I see it in your post, but how do you head on like combat diet culture? Yeah, gosh, that's such a good question. Um, it's hard. I want to start by saying that because even, you know, I'm very transparent with my clients and the groups I coach that it's not like, you know, a Nintendo super Mario game where you get to the end and you collect the flag and like you've succeeded and now like move on. Like, yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of repeating boards. There's a lot of going back. There's a lot of going, Oh shit. Like there it is. It's snuck in the back door in my workout this week. And I started Mm. picking apart my body and started changing my workouts to fix my external, like it is an ongoing, ever evolving (laughs) journey, uh, even within myself. So I will start by saying that. And then what I will say, and what I'll share is that because I'm able to tell people I've been through this when I'm working with them one-on-one, I've been through this. I know how hard it is. And I want to be transparent that it isn't easy and it isn't linear and it isn't fast. And it's, you know, I explain that it's a marathon, not a sprint, <laughs> that you're not going to flip a switch and go, I'm done with dieting and diet culture. And now I'm going to eat intuitively and have total food freedom. So I, I like to be really transparent and upfront with people. I also like to be really honest and transparent with people that there's a lot, 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 lot of gray area and nuance in that I am not, I am anti-diet culture. I'm not necessarily anti-diet in the way that I feel if I want to give people the support and the, the, uh, understanding that they should and, and can have total body liberation and body autonomy, it would be so anti all of those things for me to say, you're not allowed to want to lose weight. Like that's it. You're not allowed to want that anymore. I also think it's important to recognize and honor that I learned a lot by dieting good and bad. I learned a lot. I would not be standing here right now. Go, you know, go back to that story I started with. I wouldn't be standing here right now if I didn't know what dieting meant. And if I didn't learn some things along the way from dieting. Right. I think in order to combat it though, it's like everything else that I teach and everything else that I stand for is awareness. Yes. (laughs) And not, you cannot challenge it. You cannot change it. You cannot, uh, see it coming in the back door, unless you create incredible radical honesty and awareness. And then from there, we can acknowledge it. And when it's appropriate, we can accept our role in it and accept what it looks like for us right now. And then we can take action, but beautiful. I'm just a fan of just like, it isn't this, okay, being able to fight against diet culture means this. And now we all do this because I'm, I'm very honest. And I share this all the time that I think anti-dieting and even I'm just going to be brutally honest here, even some parts of intuitive eating, even some parts of health at every size, even some parts of body positivity. There's a lot of rules in that. Just like there's a lot of rules in dieting. I can't tell you how many clients come to me and go, I watched my health and my body suffer because I was following the rules of intuitive eating. And I thought I was doing it right. Does that mean they got bad Intel along the way? Does it, you know, I'm not putting, you know, uh, a a target on intuitive eating, but I'm just saying like the problem isn't 
the thing. It's the rules surrounding the thing. I 100% agree with you. And past guest of this show, um, Connie Subject, she's the executive director of the body positive. And, um, it's an organization <laughs> very much what it sounds like, um, where you can em- embody your body and your, your body is a sacred vessel mm-hmm. and whatever that means to you in making sure that you're honoring your mm-hmm. body and honoring the journey that your body is going to be taking is great for you. Mm-hmm. So I love your, um, your mission so much. And I, I think, honoring your body is very hard. (laughs) It's really challenging because you're not going to necessarily know what that looks like for you unless you do that experimentation. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're freeing yourself from those rules, like you're saying, I think that is such a, that, that is a freeing moment in itself with your body. Mm -hmm. And in order to honor your body, you have to experiment. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I also think you have to surround yourself with others um, who are, you know, like-minded or, or people that you can turn to, um, since you're now coaching people, what are you hearing from your clients? Like, what are you hearing from people who work with you? Um, and I also want to get into the, like, I know I cannot believe we're almost at the hour. Um, I also want to get into some of the products that you are now launching too. So first, what are you hearing from your clients and then how, um, have you come to launch products? Yeah. Um, oh, I hear, everything you can think of, I hear from my clients, I would say the number one thing that I hear most commonly, and this is why I named my small group coaching program, Trust and Thrive Academy, is that what people tend to realize as they go through this process is that they were greatly missing self-trust. Just Mm. when we follow diet rules or anti-diet rules or any other sense of control, we're letting go of our ability to turn inward, to trust our inner wisdom, to tap into our actual intuition that we are just as primal beings built on as a foundation. Yeah. We're just kind of either taught to, or, um, you know, guided along the way to ignore that, especially, you know, unfortunately I think as women in cult in our culture, it's like, don't listen to what you think is right. Here's the rules. And you, again, you're either doing it or you're not. <laughs> And so the, the word and why I built my small group coaching program around it, like, is the, that trust, but I also, you know, I just wrapped up my, this recent class, I'll say of trust and thrive Academy. We just had, this is our final of the 12 weeks we had together. And I can't tell you how many of them have shared how wonderful it was for someone to give them permission to experiment, to give them permission. Uh, yeah. Like I actually had someone say like, thank you for telling me I can eat potatoes. And I was like, Oh my God, like one, eat it, made the potatoes. Me, <laughs> one it made me so happy. Cause I'm like, yes, like I, like it was our last day. And I'm like, I love that's what you're bringing here right now. But two, it's like, it, it breaks my heart to know that like so many people feel like what they're doing is wrong or not good enough or, or they're off track or whatever you want to say. And then I guess the other thing that's really cool for me, it's really cool. It's like incredibly empowering. And just, this is what fuels me to show up every single day is to watch how that self-trust spills into, you know, we talk a lot in my coaching and in my one-on-ones about, um, maintaining and and cultivating a growth mindset and how that sort of challenging your limiting beliefs, cultivating a growth mindset, all of that becomes the sort of 
fuel to allow you to take action, which is what fuels you to stay motivated, not the other way around. But also when we do that, then we cultivate more belief in ourselves, And then it becomes this kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy. But what I love and what's so empowering and so encouraging is that I see that extend to other areas of their lives. Like they yes. come to me to talk about food, nutrition, their health and their wellness. And by cultivating a sense of self-trust and confidence in food and eating in their body, like they're changing their careers. They're having better relationships with their partners. They're showing up better for their family. They're showing up at work and setting boundaries with bosses and coworkers mm. just because we talked about food. <laughs> and like, yeah. that for me is really, really cool. And something that I'll never, ever, ever stop uh, just smiling ear to ear over when I hear it. 100% because what you're talking, I mean, it's our body. You know, like yeah. that is the, the true North for so many things in our life, like having this relationship with our bodies. Um, so I think that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and before we wrap up, I really do want to touch on, uh, what are these products that you're launching yeah. and, and how did you, um, do that and, and where can people find them? I think this yeah. is so cool. Thank you. So I launched uh, the first part of it uh, in December of 2020, which was the line of raw dark chocolate uh, bars. They are all coconut sugar sweetened. Uh, mm. The basic B bar is three ingredients. It's cacao nibs, cacao butter, and coconut sugar. That's it. We have the basic bee, we have the salty bee and we have the spicy bee. <laughs> so we launched with those. And then we just recently, and I haven't even done like the big announcement launch, but I just recently launched, um, some raw ingredients raw organic ingredients. So we have, I think it's seven products. You think I'd know all this by heart. I don't, um, it's <laughs> got a lot going on <laughs> raw cacao powder and cacao paste, cacao nibs, coconut sugar, shredded coconut, um, I cacao, uh, I said cacao butter. I'm forgetting something in there, but those are the kind of the big parts of it yeah. for folks who want to bake and use these ingredients and care about not just, you know, where their food is coming from, but also the quality of their food. And, you know, for me, how this evolved is even though I'm not doing as much recipe development these days, because my nutrition business really is so much of my energy and time most weeks. Um, a lot of times when I look back at where I saw tasty yummies evolving, the classic approach is start a food blog, build a community, launch a cookbook, go on tour, do another cookbook. Um, not knocking that. And I've always kind of like, yeah. I've been approached about cookbooks and I've, I've written even a proposal and had a literary agent. And it just, it didn't feel right for me at the time because I was still in my journey with food. I was still navigating what I wanted my messaging to be. I was like, this is pretty <laughs> putting something in print in a hardbound cover is pretty like, yeah, <laughs> this is who I am. And I just, I wasn't there with my food journey yet. Right. And so I also just, it wasn't calling to me. And I always envisioned, I'm like 10 plus years of doing this. I was like, I want to hold something in my hands that I birthed, if you will, that was my idea. That was my, you know, formulas, my recipes. Like it just was always something in the back of my mind and the opportunity presented itself middle of the pandemic last year. And I was like, I don't have anything else to do. I mean, I did, but I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Certain parts of my business were flourishing. And I've always been a fan of like, 
reinvest in your business and continue to, to kind of give yourself multiple revenue streams mm -hmm. and multiple pathways for creativity. And so when it presented itself, it was just a no brainer. So it's been a slow launch because, uh, and I think I mentioned this to you in somewhere in, in our messaging to each yes. other, everything has been almost completely me for the last decade plus I've had a few people help here and there, but this, everything that this business is, has been me <laughs> entirely me from start to finish. And I hit a breaking point in the last six months where I'm like, I just, this is going to stop growing if I can't do everything myself. So I just hired a, an administrative assistant. And so now we're kind of, she's going to help work with me on getting that part of the business growing and, and more in front of people. We're getting ready to relaunch the tasty yummies Instagram so that we have sort of me and tasty yummies kind of running simultaneously because awesome. we now have recipes going up every single week again. So yeah, really that's exciting. <laughs> this is, I'm really excited for people to purchase these products and for um, them to check out your work as it continues to evolve. Where can people find all of this stuff? Yeah. So tastyyummies.com or tasty-yummies. They both go to the same place. Awesome. Um, <laughs> that is kind of the hub. That's all the recipes. That's all my articles. That's podcast episodes. That's working with me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and then if you go there, there's a link right to the web store, or if you just go to store.tasty-yummies.com, that's all of the things, uh, food products wise. And we do have more in the works that are coming soon. So beautiful. Yeah. We'll put everything in the show notes too. Thank so you. people can make sure to find everything. And then where can people find you on social media? So Instagram is the best place to find me in the sense that I am most active there. It's me answering all of the DMs as long as they don't get too behind on them. <laughs> uh, so at Beth yeah. Manos Bricky is my personal Instagram page. And as I said, hopefully as soon as next week or so, we will have at Tasty Yummies back up and operating again. And then last is I do a daily text messaging where uh, people can text they basically get added to my contact book. It's me every morning sending out either an affirmation, a mantra, a quote, something to think about. Maybe once a week, I'll send out a recipe to share with people. Um, and you can just text me and it's me that you're talking to. If you reply to what I'm sending, I'm responding back to you. And that number is 310-349-3794. Uh, and it's fun. It's a fun way for me to stay connected awesome. with people and actually speak one-on-one. -on -one. So I love doing yeah. that as well. Beautiful. Well, from interacting with you, you are a great communicator and you're you. so kind. And uh, it was just so wonderful having this conversation with you. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and just diving into different parts of your journey. I know it's going to resonate with so many people as it already has. And um, I'm just so grateful for your time today. So thank you so much for being on the show, Beth. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I appreciate it so much. Yeah.